0: So, topic of our demo talk this evening is Effort in the Pali-scriptural language known as Viriya. And this talk is part of a shorter series of talks on the five controlling faculties. And one of those controlling faculties, namely the second one, is the controlling faculty of Effort, Viri in Driya, in the Pali-scriptural language. Now, effort plays an important role in the mindfulness satna meditation, and satna thus it's good to have some more understanding about it. What we shall do is first mention a couple of fatna general aspects with regard to effort. Its nature and so on. And uh, then uh, we shall uh, go on uh, to um, uh, mention ways of uh, arousing effort, and uh, this will be followed by a few uh, practical points. Now, The fourth volume of Fatna you know, the Samyutta namely in its section 175, you know, contains a beautiful simile or you know, illustration for you know, effort. And you know, that illustration nicely captures what effort is you know, all about. Namely, Effort is comparable to using one's hands and satna feet in order to row a makeshift raft over water from a shore beset by danger to the other shore, which is safe and free from danger. So Effort Satna then includes a certain movement from one place Satna to another. We can express this maybe differently by saying a movement away from unwholesome mental states and a movement more and more towards wholesome mental states. Now, in terms of the Pali term Viriya and its etymology, the term can be traced back to or is related to the adverb and noun vira as an adverb it means brave or heroic or courageous and as a noun it means the hero and "virī" has been uh, described as the state of a heroic one, of a, a courageous Satna person. Now, the Buddha has Satna spoken of effort in many different Satna ways, using different terminology, but certainly in all cases pointing towards Satna the same thing. So the Dhammasanganitna uh, then as Satya uh, usual is a good satana uh, reference uh, to better or to grasp a better understanding of what is actually meant uh, by uh, virya. So one uh, aspect is mental Endeavor, and please do notice the word mental. So it's not necessarily endeavor in terms of uh, um, much bodily activity, not in the sense of uh, exposing ones or or participating in austere practices. Bodily practices, but rather a mental uh, endeavor. The panitnafortne. This is chetasiko viria arambo. Now, when we are on occasion overcome by lethargy, then. Effort is that which gets rid of the lethargy. So that works towards purifying the mind, freeing the mind from the lethargy. Another Nepali term exists, namely Parakama. And suddenly that translates as exerting harder and harder. Now, when you think of your own mindfulness meditation practice, then the effort we put in at first is one thing, and later on, as suddenly we become more skilled in the practice, our effort is likely to increase and suddenly later on uh, it will become even uh, stronger. So there's a natural exerting harder and uh, harder. Effort also includes another aspect, namely If one has suddenly reached or gained a certain understanding then not to rest contented suddenly with this and suddenly stop practicing, but rather you know, to then endeavor for higher uh, places in the practice, higher you know, forms of uh, uh, wisdom. The Buddha has used words like resoluteness, such as unfaltering endeavor, and then having a sustained desire to strive, not relinquishing the task. So the task is that of developing wholesome states, and certainly, even if at times unwholesome states arise in the stream of consciousness, well, we don't back away, we don't give, give up easily. So this particular aspect of effort in the Pali in the scriptural language is given as anikita durata, Very basic description of what effort is all about can be found in a short discourse given in or recorded in the Samyutta Nikaya, namely its fifth volume, section 119, where it says, And what, O retreatants, is the faculty of energy here? The noble disciple dwells with uh, noble energy with energy aroused for the abandoning of unwholesome states and the acquisition of wholesome states. Retreating is strong in this and sub- firm in exertion, not shirking the responsibility of cultivating wholesome states. This is called the faculty of energy. So I've heard then in then, or as a short Satna definition, is Satna the state of a heroic one or the state or action of one who is vigorous. The Venerable Tnessadopanita Bivams of Burma describes the characteristic of effort as forbearance in the face of difficulty. Later on, we will mention quite a number of difficulties that might arise in the course of the practice and that then require effort. When a retreatant is at first observing a rather intense bodily pain. And at first, Satnya, you know, mindfulness is present, concentration is present, and Satnya you know, then some understanding about you know, Satnya, about the nature of this intense pain, is also you know, there. Then, if the pain persists over a longer period of time, gradually the mind might get. Uh, tired might uh, become weak and suddenly it might wither and have no longer the strength uh, to continue to observe uh, that intense pain. And it is at such a point that sudden effort comes in and uh, its function is to support the associated states. So when the mind is at a point of uh, mm, falling apart, of of, withering, then mm, effort will support it and will make uh, sure that those associated satna states uh, don't drop off. And in this sense, satna effort has been mm, illustrated Namely, with an old, dilapidated house and that is on the point of, or on the verge of collapse. Now, if the owner of this house still wants to hold on to it, wants to wants to or continue to live in it, then the owner might, certain, decide to get certain some. Four by four, so some pieces of timber, and suddenly then place those against uh, uh, those walls that are close uh, to collapse. And suddenly, in this way, the house so well supported, the house suddenly then can be used for a few more years. So the manifestation, then, of fatna effort is as non-collapse. So in the presence of fatna effort, the mind suddenly does not wither, does not suddenly collapse. Two reasons have reasons or causes, proximate causes have been given for you near know, the arising of Fatna effort, the first one being a sense of urgency, some way in the Pani scriptural language, and you know, the second one a ground you know, for the or for arousing of energy. So anything that steers a person into a state of vigorous action. Now in this context what is mentioned oftentimes mm, is the suffering, seeing the suffering in this existence, seeing the suffering in previous certain existence, recollecting this. Uh, Being aware of fatna, the suffering that is likely to be experienced, that one is likely to experience in the future, and satna also to be aware of fatna, the suffering of birth, old age, disease, and satna, death. Three mental factors are very important when it comes to working with predominant objects, especially mental states. And those certain mental factors are effort, vigour, are mindfulness and certain concentration. So what's um, uh, effort does, as uh, the Venerable Sadhu Pandita Bewams of uh, Burma ex- explains, is that it distances unwholesomeness. It keeps the unwholesomeness away. It blocks suddenly the unwholesomeness. It does certainly, not give unwholesomeness an opportunity to arise. Now, the way mindfulness operates is different. And so, What we have here, in line with the second manifestation of mindfulness, is mindfulness faces, that's in line with the first manifestation, and Satna then protects, which is the second manifestation of mindfulness, against unwholesomeness. So, mindfulness helps to face and protect, Against the arising of unwholesome states. And this may make a huge difference. Now, when it comes to concentration, Samadhi in the Pali scriptural language, the way it operates is different from the earlier two mental factors. And so Concentration, especially around certain hindrances, is said to suppress those certain hindrances, not to a point of totally uprooting them, but simply to suppress them on a temporary basis. Effort as a mental factor has been classified in a very particular way in the Abhidhamma, and very much reflecting its nature. So effort is required, as the Buddha encourages us, to in uh, developing wholesomeness, and it's also uh, required to abandon unwholesomeness. Now, so this is effort, that uh, then mm, being uh, used in the context of fitness uh, spiritual uh, development, but then. When it comes to performing ordinary daily activities, effort will be needed and on occasion if, let's say, a person of, of unwholesome intention wants to, let's say, Commit a burglary, then, and actually does it, then this also requires certain effort. But you know, this type of effort obviously is of an unwholesome type. So, virya, really, yeah, effort as a mental factor, gets class- classified as one of the six occasionals, the so called bakinakas. In other words, it's an ethically variable mental factor. So at times suddenly it suddenly can be wholesome, at times it can be unwholesome depending on you know, the other mental factors it arises you know, with. It does not uh, arise with sense-consciousness, not with receiving-consciousness, with invest investigating-consciousness, and uh, involving equanimity, also not uh, with investigating-consciousness, involving joy. Further, it does not arise with five-door-advertence-sudden-consciousness, but rather... It suddenly arises together with consciousness rooted in greed, hatred and delusion. So that would be in an unwholesome form. And satna then it arises together with sense sphere, wholesome, sense sphere, resultant, functional consciousness, as well as all the jhanas and the four noble path knowledges and satna fruition knowledges. Now, early on, mention was made of the faculty of energy, and effort is uh, spoken of as fourfold, namely, um, in terms of the four supreme efforts, Samapadana in the Panitna scriptural language. That fourfold effort then consists of the effort you know, to avoid unwholesome states. Secondly, the effort to abandon already you know, arisen unwholesome states, and Sattva then you know, number three to avoid to you know, effort to develop wholesome states. And Satna, then, the last Satna form is effort to maintain wholesome states that have already arisen. Now, allow me to give you the the relevant Satna passages for those Satna forms of supreme effort. The first one is the effort to prevent the arising of unarisen unwholesome states, samwara padana, in the Pali scriptural language. Herein, a disciple rouses his or her will to avoid the arising of unwholesome states that have not yet arisen and... A disciple makes effort, steers up his or her energy, exerts his or her mind, and strives. So, preventing the arising of unarisen, unwholesome states is a first step a first form of effort. However, one cannot be successful in this all the time. Mindfulness is not always continuous. And as a result of this, on occasion, unwholesomeness does creep in in the stream or creep into the stream of consciousness. So in a case like this, unwholesomeness is there and the second form of f- supreme effort then consists in abandoning the arisen unwholesome states. So, the relevant passage from the Anguttara Nikaya 4, uh, discourse number 13, is herein a retreatant rouses his or her will. To overcome the unwholesome states that have already arisen. And so the, a retreatant makes effort, steers up his or her energy, exerts satna of the mind, and satna strives. So when a retreatant manages to abandon unwholesome states that have already arisen, then what will remain is a state of purity of mental uh, purity and that certain state uh, then mm, later on needs to be maintained. Or if wholesome states have not yet arisen, then you know, the next form of effort, of supreme effort, consists in arousing unarisen wholesome states. Here, the Angucha states Satna the following: namely, herein a disciple rouses his or her will to rouse wholesome states that have not yet arisen, and yet makes effort, steers up Putna energy, exerts the mind, and strives. So, among wholesome states Satna that have not yet Satna arisen, Various sudden uh, could be uh, mentioned, such as uh, performing an act of generosity if one has not done uh, this, or uh, if uh, so far uh, one has not Satna uh, given uh, much importance to uh, virtue, then uh, to make an effort towards uh, that, and if uh, one. Uh, Is not yet active in meditation then to make effort towards Satna this? And Satna then also to arouse effort to bring about wholesome mental qualities such as loving-kindness, metta and and, and compassion. And Satna others that Satna are known as Satna the Four Sublime Abodes. Brahman, we had us in the party, the scriptural language. now When with for continuous application or exertion of effort, some wholesome mental states have arisen, and this is not necessarily an easy task to perform, then that's or those wholesome states have to be maintained. And for this Satna, then, yeah, the Angucha recommends Satna that Satna one employ the fourth the Supreme a form of effort, yeah, namely uh, that of maintaining a risen, wholesome states. Herein, the Angucha states a disciple, a retreatant, rouses his or her will yeah, to maintain. Hold, the wholesome states that have already arisen, and not to allow them to disappear, but to bring them to growth, to maturity, and to the full perfection of development. And one makes sudden effort steers up one's energy exerts certain one's mind and strives. Among uh, those wholesome mental states, to uh, be aroused, a uh, different uh, discourse in the Anguttara Nikaya uh, speaks of uh, these seven enlightenment uh, factors. One aspect of fatna effort comes in the form of ardour, in the Pali scriptural language known as atapa. This word satna-atapa is satna-related to the term tapas, which means self-mortification and ascetic practices. The Buddha took uh, this term and reinterpreted it, and suddenly he uh, then uh, defined ātāpa or ātāpi as possessing energy. And the explanation given in the Visuddhi, in its first chapter, paragraph 7, is, for it is energy that is called ardor, ātāpa, in the sense of burning up and consuming the mental defilements in Pādi, this is known as ātāpana, prītāpana. And so that then, or if a person has this and the mental defilements do get burned up and consumed, then such a person is suddenly said to be ardent. Now, the Buddha's approach to uh, effort was uh, quite uh, different uh, from uh, the approach uh, that was satna uh, valid uh, at his satna uh, time, and satna uh, that was pursued uh, by a number of ascetics. So for the ascetics back then, as well as satna today, exerting effort meant exposing the body to all sorts of fatna tortures, like exposing it to too much heat or depraving the body of fatna food. And and satna sleeping very little, and the like. Now, the Buddha's notion of effort against this satna background um, then is one of developing wholesome states, and in particular, the factors of enlightenment. Now, this obviously was certain at first not fully understood by those certain ascetics and certain heretics of other belief systems. No. still some you know, general aspects, certain with regard, you know, to effort. The a discourse in the fifth volume of the Samyutta namely section two hundred and forty, you know, six makes one very fundamental statement. Namely, it says that effort should be based in virtue. So the relevant passage here is, O retreatants, just as whatever strenuous deeds are done are all done based upon the earth established on you know, the earth so too based upon virtue established upon virtue or ethical conduct a retreat and develops and cultivates the four right strivings or you know, supreme efforts so what we're dealing with is Satna not an unwholesome form of effort, but a form of effort that is based, that is established in ethical, solid ethical conduct, and an effort that Satna eventually leads to the realization of the Dhamma. When it comes to the development of effort, then various aspects can be considered. There's various ways of arousing effort mentioned in the text. We can turn, for instance, to the Chunky uh, Sutta of the Majjhima Nikalya that Satna then describes a process of uh, investigation that Satna then eventually leads to uh, the arising of uh, uh, effort So the relevant uh, passage here is from, as recorded in the second volume of the Majjima Nikaya, section 173. When one has investigated and has seen investigated another person and has seen that the person is purified from states of delusion, then one places faith in that person. Filled with faith, one visits that Satna person and pays respect Satna to him or her. Having paid respect, one gives ear, one pays attention, one then hears the Dhamma Having heard the Dhamma, one memorizes it. When one memorizes it and examines the meaning of the teachings one has memorized, when one examines Satna, their meaning, one gains a reflective acceptance of those Satna teachings and with that then, zeal you know, springs up. When that zeal has sprung up, one applies one's will. Having applied one's will, one scrutinizes, having scrutinized, one strives, Badahati in the Pali scriptural language. Resolutely striving, one realizes with the body the supreme truth and sees it with penetrating wisdom or um, sees it by penetrating it with uh, wisdom so what we have here are uh, several uh, stages several factors one leading on to the next one so first there's an, a learning of the Dhamma coming to appreciate it then uh, getting interested in it interested in the desire to put it into practice arises and uh, with that then you know, one exerts certain, uh, some effort usaha, in Pali weighing the Dhamma from various angles and that this weighing then leads a retreat and to meditative striving which then uh, brings about an opportunity to uh, realize the ultimate truth. So the point certainly here is that if we want to develop effort, we have to start at an early stage or with an early factor, namely hearing the dhamma and Satna vin learning investigating and learning it and then coming to appreciate it now the itiuta in its certain section of 30. Contains a statement uh, that uh, says that the arouse the arising of a sense of urgency, namely Samwega, This suddenly leads on, or leads a retreat, and on you know, to desire or onto a desire to practice and out namely Chanda in Pali and out of this desire one is then likely to exert effort now among the factors that might contribute to the arousing of fatna, of a sense of urgency. We can turn to the Rathapala Sutta, um, as satna found or recorded in the Majima Nikaya. And there, in that satna discourse, we find um, an event, Satna described, that Satna took place at the time of the Buddha and that involved Satna, the uh, elder Ratapala, and King Kauravya. So, Ratapala, earlier on, as a young man, was well known to King Kauravya, and Satna was known you know, to be. A man from an affluent family of good Satna health, of strength, and satna so on. So one day, this Satna young man, Ratapana, hears a discourse given by the Buddha, and Satna then ends up greatly inspired and then requests Satna for ordination. Now, his parents, Satna, did not immediately consent and so basically had to go on a strike. First, refusing to eat, and Satna eventually, the parents, Satna, gave in and Satna Ratapana was ordained. He then practiced and Satna ended up becoming an Arahant. So, sometime later, This elder Ratapana, when visiting the hometown of his parents, or when returning to his home country, then ended up spending some time in the park of King Koravia, and Satya the king was informed. He then Met certain with Elder Ratapana, and requested to know what's motivated Elder Ratapana to leave behind the household life, and in this regard, and then Elder Ratapana. Uh, replied by way of mentioning the so-called four essences of the Dhamma in the Pali scriptural language known as Dhammudisa, And those are essences of uh, the Dhamma that he had heard mm, the Buddha speak about. So the first one is life in any world is unstable. And the meaning of this is that life is not a matter of permanency, but rather a matter of change, and second by second we grow older, and second by second we move towards death. So it was upon Hearing this first essence of Fatna the Dhamma, that uh, um, the young man Ratapala decided or was impressed and then decided uh, uh, to uh, go forth. The second essence of Fatna the Dhamma is as follows namely, life in any world has no shelter. And Satna, no protector. The meaning of Satna, this Satna is if a person is Satna suffering a pain, then an intense Satna pain, then this person cannot expect Satna, his or her parents, to take. Some share of the pain, and Satna, no, thus Satna, no, then uh, the person actually suffering from the pain uh, might uh, suffer less. So, when it comes to uh, illness, um, if we're afflicted by illness, we ourselves will have to face it and we will have to uh, endure it. No one can protect us or shelter us against this. Now the third of the four essences of the Dhamma is that life in any world has nothing of its own. One has to leave all and pass on according to one's actions. So human beings, in the course of existence, accumulate all, all sorts of, or all kinds of uh, property. Among those we have immovable properties, such as the land or you know, building, then we have movable you know, properties, of so things uh, you know, that uh, are you know, Um, not satna stationary, like our belongings books and uh, medicine and so on. And then there comes another property namely in the form of skills that uh, we uh, have acquired over uh, the years. So a skill uh, to uh, maybe uh, play an instrument, or uh, a skill in the field of uh, athletics, and uh, or skills, certain skills in uh, sciences, etc. Now, when the time comes To uh, pass on, then we can take, we cannot take any of uh, mm, these forms of property along. We cannot take uh, immovable property along, we cannot take the movable property along, nor can we take our skills mm, uh, along. The only new things that remain as our true you know, property with us when we cross <coughs> sorry cross over from one existence to another existence comes in the form of uh, well the karmic results of our deeds performed so Having performed wholesome uh, deeds uh, in our uh, present existence, there will be wholesome results, wholesome karmic um, um, benefits, and if uh, we have performed unwholesome deeds, those uh, will give rise to unwholesome uh, results. So, the young Ratapana was impressed by this Satna third essence of Fatna, the Dhamma, and uh, he was further impressed by the fourth one, which the Buddha stated as Satna follows, life in any world is incomplete, insatiate, the slave of craving. So, if we... mm, We may lack something, and out of this sudden lack, we then crave for a particular item. But we have that we might suddenly crave for more of the same, or if. We get bored satna, with it, we might satna then crave for something else. So basically, as human beings, we are slaves of our craving. It is based on these four essences of Fatna the Dhamma that uh, the young man Ratapala uh, decided to give up the household life and Satna uh, to go forth. When he shared all of this and explained it also in great detail uh, to King Govy, the king was equally impressed and suddenly he then understood uh, why uh, Ratapala had Satna decided to uh, go forth. So those four essences of the Dhamma, if we deeply reflect on them, may lead certain to an arising. Of a sense of urgency, and satna, that sense of urgency yeah, then yeah, is likely yeah, to lead on in the words of the Itihutaka section of thirty, yeah, to a desire to practice. and this satna then yeah, will yeah, lead on to the arising of or, the, well, the arising of effort. Different ways are there to you know, bring about certain effort, to exert more, more and more effort, and among these we have walking meditation. The walking meditation itself is a physical uh, or it involves a, um, physical bodily activity, but it also involves a mental activity. So in walking, you know, mindful walking meditation, we need the physical effort to maintain an upright posture, and certainly we, on top of this, we need the mental effort you know, to be mindful of whatever predominant object comes along from moment to moment. Now, the Chankama Sutta of the Anguttara Nikaya then speaks of five benefits that can be expected or that can be derived from walking meditation. And the second of those is Padana Kamohoti, meaning that it is uh, good for striving. So walking meditation brings stamina for the practice of meditation itself because that double effort is uh, needed. So when we engage in Continue certain so, no, formal no, walking no, meditation, we do this so, no, wholeheartedly, then no, this is certainly so, no, likely no, to no, then strengthen our no, effort and so, no, our level of so, no, energy. Now, we all know that overeating leads uh, easily leads uh, to the arising of drowsiness. And when drowsiness uh, takes over uh, the mind, well, uh, then it will be very difficult Or if if not impossible, to exert effort. And so one way of arousing and sudden strengthening effort is certain to make sure that we are moderate in the amount of food we take. So moderate that we have taken a moderate amount of food, not too much, not too little, just a right, and mm, mm, to an effect that drowsiness does not occur, or if so, only uh, very briefly. Now, other forms of Other ways of uh, developing of arousing uh, effort are uh, there, and Satna uh, we shall uh, take a closer look or continue to uh, go into uh, this uh, during the forthcoming uh, Dhamma talk on Friday. Allow me to conclude uh, today's Satna uh, Dhamma talk uh, by uh, wishing may you appreciate the role, the significance of fatna effort and satna thus apply yourselves wholeheartedly in the practice, in line with Dhammapada, verse 112, that says, better than a hundred years in the life of a person who is idle and inactive is a day, just one single day, in the life of one who makes a zealous and strenuous effort in insight meditation and in the meditation of calm. And this is it for now.